welcome in to another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris. Uh, this is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the best place for all your Titans coverage. I'm very thrilled tonight to be joined by Easton Freeze. Easton also writes for Broadway Sports Media. He has a podcast, uh, Titans 10, so check that out. You can also follow him on Twitter at Easton Freeze, F-R-E-E-Z-E. Easton, thanks for joining me. How are you tonight? Jimmy, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about the Titans today. Yeah, and it's obviously a, uh, a great time to uh, record this first episode here. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. No better time to start this. Yeah, coming off a, I, I mean, you know, if you'd have, you'd have given me, if you'd have asked me this morning, give me five ways you think this game plays out, I don't think a Titans blowout would have been a thing for me. Um, I could have seen a Chiefs blowout for sure. I could have seen a shootout game where both teams are going back and forth. Um, and we'll get into all that, the reasons for all that stuff. But the Titans just come out and, I mean, from the jump dominated this game. The Chiefs were, I mean, honestly, never really in the game. And so, I don't know, in, in, the, in the range of outcomes, was that something you saw coming into this game? No, absolutely. It You know, not just a, a beatdown and a blowout, but the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. You know, when I walked, I, I was at the game, and I walked out of that stadium thinking, man, when was the last time Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid were held to to under a touchdown in a football game? And yeah. they said, I, I was told that on the CBS broadcast, they said it was back in 2013, and it was the first time in the Andy Reid era with the Chiefs that that had happened. So, you know, playing against a, a Titans defense, which has uh, been much much dragged through the mud in the last year and uh, in a lot of places rightfully so but you know a, a high-powered offense a, a a super bowl caliber caliber offense according to many i think there was a lot of uh, exposure that was going on today yeah and you know it's crazy when i went back and looked through mahomes's game logs after the game and he basically once a year has a game where he doesn't throw a touchdown because i was trying to say you know how many of his starts has he not thrown a touchdown in i mean obviously he didn't in the super bowl against the Buccaneers, but, right. um, you know, it, it, like I said, it's like one one game a year. I think this was the maybe the third regular season game where he started and didn't throw a touchdown. I guess maybe fourth. One of them was his first start. But in those other games where he didn't throw a touchdown, he threw for over 300 yards. So it wasn't like they weren't moving the ball. Um, it's just, you know, the touchdowns came from other places. And then obviously, you know, they got dominated by the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. But, right. you know, with this Titans defense, and like you said, much maligned, by a bunch of different places, and, and a lot of times rightfully so. And then on top of that, when you look at the injuries this team has, you don't have Christian Fulton, who's been their best cornerback this year. You mm-hmm. don't have Caleb Farley, who, I mean, I don't think we really know what he is yet, but you know what his potential is. You know he's um, a first-round draft pick. Right, he's a first-round draft pick. Um, you don't have Amani Hooker, who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, took over the starter this year, has been good when he's been out there, has struggled with some injuries and stuff. So, I mean, you look at all that, and you're talking about, you know, bringing a guy up. I mean, signed a guy from another team this week. Um, right. And he's playing, you know, playing significant minutes in this game. Um, you got Bud Dupree playing on one and a half knees out there, it looks right? like. You don't, <laughs> even, you don't even have Chris Jackson, a guy who, I mean, you know, he's not great, but he's fast. Uh, when you find yourself begging for Chris Jackson to be healthy enough to play, you know you're in a bad right. place yeah, as a you're, team. You're in a bad spot for sure. And so, like I said, I thought if the Titans were going to win this game, it was going to take 35, 40 points. 
Um, oh, I, going into the game, I, I told the people that I was with, I said, this is this is what you call a race to 40, is what yeah, this game is. Yeah, absolutely. And so then for the Titans to come out and, and do what they did, and the thing is, you know, we've seen games in the past where you have a team that wants to control the ball. We have. And they, they do these long drives, but mm-hmm. then they either don't get a touchdown, they kick a field goal, or, or they end up punting it. They have a you know eight-minute drive that doesn't get any points, kick it back to, to the team that you – know, Patriots in the past a lot of times, they're so efficient, they go down and score. So you look at, right. the, at the end of the game, the, the ball control team loses. They win in time of possession, but they end up losing because they, they can't put up enough points. Today, the Titans were controlling the ball and scoring points. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is what, for this offense, this is what I think we all thought, we all hoped they would be at the beginning of the year. You know, the, the questions coming into the year, none of them were on offense. They were all on defense. And we haven't seen that from this offense yet, whether it be because they didn't have everybody together in training camp or, you know, injuries that have happened throughout the year, new play caller, or whatever. Um, we hadn't seen the version of the offense that we saw today and a lot of us, I mean, I, I don't know how you felt about this team coming into the year, but, I, I mean, the Super Bowl window, right? I mean, this team should be yep. a Super Bowl contender based on everything that they brought back, adding Julio Jones, all that stuff. And it, they hadn't looked like that. through. Now, they, they did on Monday night, uh, more so than, than what we've seen before that. But now these last couple of weeks, we have seen the offense that was supposed to be so good, supposed to be so special. And you've seen it against – I mean, the Bills were, you know, coming into that game Monday night, nobody picked the Titans. The Bills were, everybody said, easily the best team in the AFC. Titans go back and forth with them, able to pull out a win there. They dominate the Chiefs today. The Chiefs have got issues, and I think it's going to be interesting to hey. see how the, how the rest of their season goes. Yeah. But the Titans were clearly the better team today on both sides of the ball, which was crazy. But yes. the offense, I mean, if they can do that, then we're talking about a Super Bowl contender like we thought at the beginning of the year. It's true. You know, coming into the year, like you said, I I viewed the Titans like they clearly viewed themselves, right? Based on based on the decisions that they made in the offseason, the personnel moves that they made, the contracts that they that they signed players to, the the changing around and playing with the cap like all teams do. The, all of their decisions indicated that we consider ourselves to be in a Super Bowl window right now and we're going to do what it takes in terms of personnel to put together a, a, a squad that is capable of making a deep run and and running the conference um, and so that's that's how I, I saw the team and I think that's how most Titans fans saw the team um, and then of course you know this is just relitigating what we all know but it it was um, a rocky and strange start for the team particularly a team that had its identity identity changed to a high-powered offense under ryan Tannehill and and with arthur smith as the coordinator and and so for a year and a half you get used to this team that has been this offensive juggernaut and then you come into this season and that is is far from the case um and you deal with the injuries you deal with uh I think just some natural growing pains with new pieces, trying to figure out new schemes. Um, And they have finally reached a point, you know, coming into this game, I tweeted out at some point earlier this week uh, after the Bills game, looking ahead to this Chiefs game, that I thought that the Titans had played uh, two to three good halves of football. I thought that the defense had played three good halves of football. The first half, uh, or excuse me, the second half of the Seattle game, 
in both half of the both halves of the Bills game. The defense played solid, impressive halves of football. And I thought the offense in the second half of the Seahawks game and in the second half of the Bills game had put together really solid halves of offense, which, you know, six games into the season was less than ideal. But my point in tweeting that was this team has shown us glimpses of what they're capable of being. And today against the Chiefs, they showed us two solid halves of football on both sides of the ball. And if they're capable of of being even 90% of the team that they were today, because not only was there were they were they firing all cil- on all cylinders and were they at, they at the ceiling of their capability, I think, well, near the ceiling of their capability as a team on both sides of the ball, but they sustained it, right? There was no inconsistency whatsoever today with the Titans. They they played really perfect, complete ball. You know, if there was a unit that you'd have to criticize, it might be special teams, and even they didn't really do an awful job today, although they were carried by Brett Kern coming back and, and just showing us that apparently he's been in the lab the last three weeks on IR and had just been cooking up these monster punts to pin pin teams within the five because he was incredible today but you know it was really impressive and yeah if if they're capable of of being this team um against big big opponents like this and again I, i i was messing with a friend of mine who's a bills fan going into the bills game saying you know the bills have have they lost to the steelers and then they beat four bad teams and the the butt of that joke is that they beat Kansas City and weren't any good. But now I kind of think it's true. You know, I said after that after that Bills game against the Chiefs, are are we sure the Chiefs are going to go to the playoffs? Because at the time they were sub five hundred and they were at the bottom of their conference. And today, two games later, they're sub five hundred and at the bottom of their not conference, bottom of their division still. So, and they're going in the wrong direction as a team. So you know, and getting off topic a bit on the on the Titans, but. In terms of the Chiefs, and I don't think this takes away from the Titans' win today because even if the premise is the Chiefs are not a good team, well, what do good teams do to bad teams? They dominate them, and that is what the Titans did today. They dominated the Chiefs. They really only played a half of football. This game was over at half, and it was coasting from there. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, even more, like if, if you'd have told me before the game that Derrick, Derrick Henry's going to go 29 carries, 86 yards with a long run of 11 yards, Oh, so that is. Yeah, I mean, it's a loss, right? I mean, that's one of those yep. games where in the second half they're just giving him the ball because the game's over and, and whatever, you know. And so we saw today, I think for the first time, really, like you said, the second half of the Bills game, um, we saw the efficiency from the offense that, that was kind of the, their trademark last year, right? Yep. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry is – I mean, I, I think that we are going to be having conversations about Derrick Henry being the greatest running back ever. And I don't think that's hyperbole or just Titans fans, like whatever. Like I I think we're going to be having conversations about him being the greatest running back ever here in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But they showed today that even when he doesn't do the special things that Derrick Henry does, um, you know, what, 75% of the time, that they can still move the ball, they can still score. Yes, and that's what makes today so important for the Titans, right? Absolutely, and a lot of that had to do with A.J. Brown finally being A.J. Brown. You know, that had been a thing that had, had been a little bit troubling this year. Um, yep. I mean, obviously, you know, he had an injury in camp. We didn't see a lot of him there. Um, you know, struggled early, had some drops in that Colts game. 
um, you know, and then had the food poisoning thing. But you saw last last week, or it was this week, but against the Bills in the second half, he. Yes, you got to remind yourself this was a short week yeah, too. Yeah, it's crazy. This all happened in the same week. Yeah. Um, you you saw you saw AJ Brown be AJ Brown, and then we saw it again today. Um, able to carry this offense on, on a day where Derrick Henry is not just otherworldly special, and yep. that's what they need. You know, you, we still haven't gotten much from Julio, which is crazy to think about. I mean, he had a he had a couple of big catches today, but I mean, he, he had was two a catches. contributor, but he yeah. wasn't Julio Jones. He had two catches, right. thirty eight yards. You know, and right. one of them was a nice catch, and he broke a tackle, and you know, got a first down. But just to be able to see the offense be like it was today. I mean, you had what. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like nine different guys catch passes. Um, yep. And that was kind of a trademark of this team last year. You know, A.J. Brown mm-hmm. would have big games, but you would have those other the fringe guys contribute. And we finally saw that from this team today. And, look, when, when they're able to do that, and, and again, we'll, we'll get a little bit more to the defense in a minute, but when this offense is able to do that – then they're going to be able to be in a game with, with, with anybody. Even on yep. a day where the defense struggles, they're going to be able to be in a game with anybody. Now, today, the defense was just as good as the offense, which was right. crazy. Which um, is insane. It, it's insane, and it's, it was unthinkable uh, early in the season, right? Because, I mean, yes. when you think about that, the, the first game against the Cardinals, they were terrible. The first half against the Seahawks, like you said, they were terrible. Um, but it's then, been unthinkable since Dean Pease was walking the halls. Right, of the exactly. Yes, yeah, since offices. since Shane Bowen took over, right? Um, it, it it's been it's been a mess. And last mm-hmm. year, I mean, they were just horrific. Like third down. I mean, we 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 don't have to rehash that. We know how that went. Yep. They didn't have a pass rush at all last year. Now they have a pass rush. Like the last couple of weeks, you've seen them affect passers. And I yes. think a lot of that starts with Denigo Autry. And he's a guy that for all the, all the stuff that got talked about in the offseason, all the, the signing, the, the Bud Dupree, the trade for Julio, all that stuff, you know, Danico Audrey was signed, and it was like, oh, that's a nice signing, and it got a little bit of run right when it happened, but it was kind of forgotten about by the time we got into this year. But it was right there in the meat of a lot of big trades, and it did go under the radar. Yeah, yeah and you're, but you're seeing now when Jeffrey Simmons has somebody next to him, the, the the offensive line has to account for because that was the thing last year. Simmons kind of tailed off at the end of the year, towards the end of the year, but it was because they didn't have to. The offense didn't have to worry about anybody else. And he so, had doubled and tripled teams right, every, exactly. every week. And so now, when you've got another guy that can push from the middle, when you've got Harold Landry playing, I mean, just out of his mind. When you saw Bud Dupree today, I think starting to get healthy, you saw him, you, you know, affecting some plays. He got a sack. Got a sack. Um, yeah. So I mean. Now it's like okay. I mean, we, there's still area, there's still issues in the secondary, and they're going to have to get healthy in the secondary, I, I think, to sustain this. But you saw but. today that even when you don't have those guys, they can still be good on defense. They can still affect the yes. passer. And this is a point that have. I wanted us to really dive into. Yeah, that's here. what you have to have. You have to have multiple things that you can do on defense so that when your secondary is down. You can still rush the passer and, and make the guy uncomfortable, so it doesn't matter as much about the guys in the back end. I mean, I just always think of, you know, Michael Griffin. Remember how good we thought Michael Griffin was? Yep. And then Albert Hainsworth and Cal Vandenbosch left, and Michael Griffin didn't look so good anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now you just – knowing all of that and knowing how it all works together, I think we can maybe start to get a little bit excited about this defense because even when the secondary is banged up, they can still do some things up front to, to, to kind of mask that a little bit. 
Yeah, no, I think the entire, I think this is a really important point and I wanted to get into it. I think the entire league kind of got a lesson in this last season, especially towards the end of last season. We saw teams with dominant pass rushes, with dominant front fours on the defense, be successful oftentimes above what was their perceived ceiling and and accomplish things that were probably punching a little bit above their pay grade. You saw teams like Washington make runs towards the end of the year, almost knocking off the eventual Super Bowl champions in, in Tampa Bay in the playoffs. You saw Tampa Bay, of course, have a dominant run uh, towards the end of the season, walk all the way to that Super Bowl and, and blow the Chiefs out with that front four, made Patrick Mahomes run for his life, and apparently he's been running for his life ever since. Um, you know, you saw you saw teams that had dominant pass rush abilities. The, the Saints were another team that that went far, and their defense was carried in a lot of ways by that defensive front. I think I think coming into this season, the league kind of had a reset, and and the the notion, at least in media circles, and I imagine that there's some semblance of truth to this being something that was discussed in the halls of these team front offices. Man, a, a pass rush is is the most important thing on defense and it is the thing on defense it makes sense right because we talk about how the baseline for success in football in the nfl in particular but in any level of football the baseline for success is not getting killed in the trenches right it's 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 a just a known it's a known quantity of football if you are getting killed in the trenches it does not matter how good you are at anything else that is going to be losing football Right. And so, you know, that matters on offense a lot. And I think in a lot of ways that shows more on offense, maybe than it does on the defensive side of the ball, because offenses can just really stall out and it can get ugly in terms of the skill players uh, having to press when you're getting dominated on the offensive line. But it matters just as much on the defensive line. And in a lot of ways, how we see teams that have more limited skill players on the offense somehow find success like the Washington football team last year or the Eagles in some places last year or the Giants in some places last year where they had dominant offensive lines but limited skill position players. But it's like, wow, they're still winning games somehow. Well, the same is true for defenses. If you have a dominant front four or just an above average capable front four, you can get away with having kind of suspect defensive back play. And we've seen that with the the Buccaneers this year, right? Last season, in in the post, the run up to the postseason, and in the postseason, the focus was not on their defensive secondary. The focus was on their front four, and their front four was getting home time and time again, and they were winning games and doing so in in really convincing fashion. Well, at the beginning of this season, they their defenses looked really suspect, and a lot of the talk has been about, wow, this this secondary this Buccaneer secondary is is really really questionable, isn't it? Well, guess what their front four was not doing? They weren't getting home. And now all of a sudden, they're getting home again, and the talk about the Buccaneers' defense has disappeared. And so the Titans' defense, I think, is going through that same thing, right? Their secondary, I mean, you go and you look at who who lined up at at defensive back positions today for the Titans, and it is just gross. It's gross. It's it's Elijah Molden, it's Jack Rabbit Jenkins, and then a bunch of deck chairs and lawn furniture out there. And yet they were able to shut down some of the most talented, I mean, Nicole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Byron Pringle. All of these guys are elite skill position players or borderline elite skill position. Very capable. I mean, 
Byron Pringle as a wide receiver four is a really talented wide receiver. And I don't think people give him enough credit, but that's another topic. <laughs> I, I These are all really talented being distributed the ball by Patrick Mahomes, who we know is pretty good at football, despite how he's looked this season so far. And the secondary didn't struggle with them at all because the pass rush was able to get home time and time again. And Patrick Mahomes was seeing ghosts in the pocket and was having to roll out and throw balls into the dirt and throw balls out of bounds because he was on the run all day long. And this is so important. I, I tweeted this out earlier this week, and I know I'm ranting, but this is, this is the biggest thing to me this week for the Titans. I tweeted out earlier this week that the biggest stale media narrative that's being driven regarding the Titans so far this season, and you see this in a lot of, from a lot of different national people talking about the Titans, it's kind of just a thing that they're regurgitating. It's, it's a tell that they don't pay much attention to the Titans and like, whatever. I don't like, you know, whining about being the inferiority small market complex. I, I think it's cool to take pride in being a small market that takes down big markets. I think that's pretty cool because you get to see the masses cry about it. Um, but, but the, the, the biggest stale media narrative from a bunch of these guys is that the Titans defensive front is still underperforming. And that just could not be farther from the truth coming into this game. They were tied for the 11th best pass rush win rate in the league and tied for the fourth best team run stop win rate in the league. And I said in the tweet, like, listen, if you're a Titans fan, you have to blame the secondary because the defensive front is doing their job. And in this game, you couldn't blame the secondary because the Titans defensive front was doing their job. Right. And so there I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off my soapbox now, but <laughs> if this, if this Titans, def- the end, my closing argument is if this Titans defensive front is able to continue to perform at the clip that they're performing, Harold Landry, Bud Dupree stays healthy, Danico Autry, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, those four guys, this front four, if they can stay healthy and they can continue to roll like they're rolling right now, I'm not sure it matters all that much who is in the secondary as long as they got two legs and have played cornerback a day in their life. And and again, against really great teams, it will matter. But my point is, it's a it is a massive upgrade to the defense when you address the front four as opposed to addressing the secondary. Yeah, and I don't know what their pass rush win rate was last year, but uh, it was probably negative. Abysmal, right? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, you know, like they they just it, it, they weren't getting there, and then you saw the holes in the secondary. I mean, remember how bad Kevin Byard looked last year. And then it's like, well... Oh, the, the talk of him being washed. People right, wanted done, him out of town. Right? Yeah, he and was so, done. And like, but they, guys can't cover forever. I, I mean, you know, and then I think there was confusion and all that stuff last year. And I mean, you know... He was having to babysit the entire secondary. Right. And, you know, that's been talked about ad nauseum. But the fact that they're able to get pressure up front, it just makes all the difference in the world. All the difference. And it's, it, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to feel like the defense can go win you a game. Absolutely, um, because you you knew last year that was not the case. The the defense, although you know they 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 really won against the Ravens last year in the playoffs, but that, you know that's a whole other thing. That was but, a bizarre game, it right? Was an outlier, but that was it. That was that was the only game period last right. year that that happened. So um, yeah. Well, the last thing on that is that's what made today so bizarre, right? Because coming into this game, I said out loud to the people I went to the game with, I said, "This this is the first game this year that has felt like a game last year in the sense that." We were. I felt like the Titans were were coming into this game, and it was it was entirely on the offense to carry the day. Yeah, like all year last year was, and I you could not have any hope that the defense was going to do anything, and it wasn't the case. Yeah, 
and and that's that's awesome. And again, when you kind of step back and look at everything that this team has dealt with so far, um, I mean, I don't even who they put in at left tackle today a- after Kendall Lamb went out. But they I, put I, in the, the new guy whose name is uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, you don't I, know. They said his name, right. and I said, yeah, is that and, did they read the wrong list or who who gave them? Right, and 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 we you know or eat breathe and sleep this team right and we have no idea who that guy is yeah my buddy so, said who's that and i said it's a great question yeah i don't know um but i mean so you, you didn't have taylor lewan today you've got roger saffold who has been really good but has been in and out with injuries so hurt. um Correct. yeah nate davis got hurt at, at one point it had to come out but it didn't matter it didn't matter um just mm-hmm. because whatever reason the the i don't know the sum of the parts is whatever but um, well, and you have to give credit to Tannehill today because I saw yeah. a statistic. He was he got the ball out in an average of two point one seven seconds today, which is not only the the quickest time to get the ball out for any quarterback this week, but it's the quickest of any quarterback all season. Yeah. So he was he was doing his part to help the the pass pro do their job. Yeah, and and I mean, like I said, so what happens when Taylor Lewan is back? And I mean, we saw him playing better. He obviously struggled at the beginning of the year. It was obviously he didn't trust the knee yet, right? The right. last couple of weeks, you, you've seen him kind of look like himself, right? So get back into form, and then but then you didn't have him today. Um, you know, you've got whoever playing right. I mean, Questenberry has been pretty good this year. He struggled a little bit, times, but he was he was terrible against the Ravens in that playoff game last year. Yep. Um, he's not the guy. I mean, they wouldn't say this, but he there's when they started camp. They had no. They did not want him to win that job. They, that, that is not what they were planning on. No, winning. he is not a starting tackle in this right. league. Right, but it, it, it's been enough so far, right? Yep. And, and I mean, obviously, we've seen they they've had issues with times in, in Tannehill. Uh, you know, not today and, and not Monday night, but before that, had gotten hit too much, had been under too much pressure. I mean, all that had been true. But right. now you're just starting to see once these guys have gotten to practice together, they're they're, they're starting to round into form. And then, like, okay, well, then what happens if we can, if they can ever get everybody healthy, um, you know, across the across the offensive line, the skill guys, all that stuff. If they can start to get that, I mean, I I think that we're back to the conversation of this team being a legit Super Bowl contender. And again, like, yep. you know, anybody that, that's that's followed me for any length of time knows that I'm not like the you know two tone blue glasses guy. Like, you know, when there's something that is a problem, like, I'm, I'm, I will point it out. But, but, but you work for Broadway, so they, you got your, your company issued pom-poms. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Anyway, um, yeah, so, but, I mean, legit, like, when you looked at this team on paper at the beginning of the year, you thought, okay, if the defense can get to the middle of the pack, because last year they were at the end, right? If they could get to the middle of the pack, this is a Super Bowl contender. You were begging for a, a sub- 20 ranked defense right, right exactly yeah and now it's like okay well maybe the defense is actually good and the offense is now starting to look elite like we thought they would be and so then what happens and again like let's kind of step back and look at you know just this the season as a whole and, and where we are right now um like i looked at this four game stretch started with the bills so you go bills chiefs colts rams right that, that's yep. the four that they're facing right here and you I've thought, been preaching okay, it for a couple weeks on my pod. Yeah, yeah. If you can get two of those four, this is the season-defining stretch yeah, of, the game, of the season. That's all you need. Get two of those four. Yep. The schedule gets a lot easier, and then you you can kind of you know make some hay at the at the end of that schedule. Well, now, yeah, after that, you've got Niner, Niners, 
Niners, Patriots, Saints are the only right. real teams yeah. that every other every other team besides those three are ones you absolutely should not lose to. Yeah, which now, let's not get into Titans. Right, I was going to say they lost the Jets, so you have to be you know you you have to kind of. How does that feel as a Titans fan today? You win that Jets game and you have sole possession of right, first place in the of, AFC of, yeah. at six and one. It's 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 crazy to think. About. Kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, but now I mean, okay, so now you know they've gotten these two. If you can get the game next week against the Colts, and the Colts are playing right now, they're winning against the 49ers as we're, we're recording this. But and the 49ers look abysmal. By yes, the way. and the game's a mess. And by the 49ers, I mean Jimmy G looks right. abysmal. Um, but. If you get that game next week against the Colts, then it's it's hard to imagine. And again, they lost to the Jets. They lost to the Bengals last year. I mean, you know, but it's hard to imagine a scenario where they don't at least win the, win the division. And that's kind of been the thing. And you saw even the narrative. I mean, uh, some of the national guys, like in the first half of the Bills game on Monday night, are starting to be like, oh, my gosh, can we get rid of the AFC South? They shouldn't get a playoff team, blah, 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 you know. And, and yeah, the AFC, to, NFC East South. Right, yeah. exactly. You're starting to see that. And now it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> like this Titans team that, that on paper looks like a Super Bowl contender at the beginning of the year, they're, they're starting to show that. And well, suddenly so, the AFC South is just the AFC East, right? It's like, right. oh, there's a dominant team emerging from this crap show that is right, it, exactly. And so, although I don't think the Colts are nearly as as bad as the second worst. No, team they're not, the and yeah. you know, and they're better than when the Titans saw them here, and, and the Titans tried oh, to lose that game. They tried um, real hard. Yeah, but you know, Carson Wentz is not as terrible as he looked that day. You know, he had the ankles and all that stuff. But anyway, yep. um, but again, like this team, if they can just take care of business. In the games they should win, you got two against the Texans, you got the Jags again. If you can start to take care of those those types of games, you, the AFC South they should win the AFC South. But then you're talking about can you get a buy? Can you get home field throughout? All those types of things, and it's really starting to look like. Again, I, I hate this because it seems like every time we get here, right, then a Jets game happens or a Bengals game sure. or, or something like that. Well, let's let's talk it out real quick, right? So they're they're sitting at five and two through seven weeks. We're talking about this stretch, the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams stretch, right? They're they're currently two and zero in that stretch with two games remaining. So let's say they get one of the Colts or the or the Rams, right? So they get this, they get three and one in this stretch. So they finish the stretch at six and three, right? So if they are six and three going into the the back half of the season, essentially, they've got eight games remaining. Like I said, in those eight games, the only three real teams that that you could see, like, okay, that'll probably be a well-matched game or close to well-matched game is the saints the patriots and the niners right so let's say they win two of three two of the three of those games okay well now they're at eight and four and so that leaves five more games for the titans to somehow mess up so let's say they lose two of those games right okay well then that puts them at 11 and six right which absolutely is in the playoffs right yes yeah. i mean that's that's winning the afc south for sure and that is, I think, kind of worst-case scenario because that involves losing two games to the likes of the Jags and the Dolphins and the Texans and all of these terrible teams. So as long as the Titans don't fall off a cliff, I don't see them – I certainly don't see them being a, a less-than-double-digit team – double-digit win team. Um, and I don't think it's really a question whether – the. I mean, the only, the only way the Colts still have a chance in this division is if – Tonight doesn't really matter all that much. It's whether or not they can they can beat the Titans at home next week, right? Because if they go down two games in the division to the Titans, it's it's a wrap for them unless the Titans fall off a cliff. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and again, with each passing week, you're starting to feel a little bit better about that not happening. And there's going to be – you got me? Oh, sorry, my bad. I was on mute. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just saying, like, there's going to be a game where they slip up. But sure. if you, you can afford to slip up one, right, when, yeah. when you're talking about that kind of stuff. And especially, like you said, if you get that win next week against the Colts, then – you know, it's a really different conversation at that point because you're playing for seeding at that point because right. you're winning the division. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, this has been obviously a very you know upbeat, positive podcast. I hope that people that it may be the most positive podcast we ever do. Yeah, I think it absolutely it, like, will be. Yeah, I, I a buddy of mine was coming to his first Titans game today with me, and I said, "Listen, the good news is you came to an awesome game. The bad news is I can guarantee it is all downhill from here." <laughs> in terms of coming to games, it's gonna it it doesn't it's not gonna be hard to beat this. No, absolutely, and like this is I mean, I saw, Mike tweeted something earlier. I'd have to go back and look, but I mean, this is one of the best wins they've ever had as the Titans. I mean, just oh, as ever. far as the opponent, the completeness of the domination, all that stuff. I mean, you know what it reminded me of is when when the Patriots came to town in what 2018. Yeah, that that game where they they laid it on them and and. Brady looked like he was kind of seeing ghosts in the pocket, and it was a big, shocking win. That game was actually on my birthday. It was a, the best birthday gift ever because I thought <laughs> I was was spending my day watching the Titans get annihilated by Tom Brady and the Patriots. But it feels like it's definitely the best win for them since that game. Um, and it was it, being at the game. I'm sorry. I totally feel free to cut me off if I'm no, rambling. No, you're good. Keep being on. at the being at the game. It was um, it was the most bizarre. Um, atmosphere for a game i've been i've been going to games for for years as a fan and now this season going as as an objective observer trying to you know just cover be be prepared to cover the team with you know a firsthand experience of the games and it it was unlike any atmosphere that i can remember i'm sure there's been you know and it's it's different right because you get this feeling um watching watching the team play against the jaguars at home or you know the texans when they're terrible but but against a team like the chiefs it was so bizarre because it was almost to the in the second half titans fans seemed kind of bored and not in a bad way but in terms of that that edge that that fans have in the stadium you know when there's when there's a competitive even remotely competitive game or when the home team is down there's that there's that edge that everyone's on and and everyone's paying attention and everyone's staying in their seats but it was kind of just a a party atmosphere um really chill and relax and people were up and about walking around and not you know on their phones and it was like this game has been over for a half hour hasn't it yeah it has this this is this is a, a bizarre one it was really not ever once in question for the titans yeah and again, like there is, if I'd have picked four or five scenarios, like we started off with, of how this game was going to go, this not is not on one of them. Yeah, and no. especially like I said with Derek Henry's numbers and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see them become the team that we thought they could be. It's just on offense and on defense. Like they're way better than I really thought they could be, and I think they're continuing to get better. Like we talked about so much, the pass rush makes so much of a difference. But yeah, I well, mean, this, and but before we before we move on, I want to ask you what was what was your what were your thoughts in the end towards the end of the game? I think it was the second to last drive the Titans had when the game had been over for a while. Derek was still in the game, 
And the the reaction from fans was incredibly mixed. There was it was the first frustration I heard from any Titans fans pretty much all day. There were there was a faction of people that were that were out loud very upset with why, wondering out loud why in the world is Derrick Henry still in this game? What are you doing? What, get him out. And there was another faction that was like chanting Henry, Henry, trying to get him to you know get just pat his stats. And I, I couldn't. And I've been on this. I've been the bad guy on this train for a couple of weeks now on on Titans Twitter, right? And, yeah, <laughs> and in my podcast about it, my my reaction initially immediately was why in the world is he in this game right now? This is ridiculous. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, you know, to be fair, if I was the person on the sidelines telling him he's out, and he said no, I'm, I'm saying no. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, okay, well, I tried. Like, yeah. he seems. He seems to want to be in there, and you know he came out and he didn't come back in after that. But um, I was curious, what was your reaction to that? Because he certainly did not need to be out there. No, point. listen, I texted a friend of mine at halftime and said I, I'd get a look at Darrington Evans in the second half, and it, not that not yes. that Derrick Henry shouldn't touch the ball in the second half, right? But there, that game, the game was over at halftime. I mean, it was over. Yeah, and so you you know you've got Darrington Evans who you haven't seen much of because he's been injured. But, I mean, they, they took him in the third round. A guy that they obviously thought could at least be a, a compliment to Henry. We haven't seen that play out just because of the injuries. But why not in today today get a, get a kind of an extended look at him, see what he can do? No, I mean, I'm with you. And I don't – the the Henry workload stuff, I'm not as concerned about it as it, it – I know you were going back and forth with, with F-words about it, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. at different points last week. But um, I, I'm not as concerned about it. But there comes a point where, I mean, I understand this guy is the outlier to end all outliers as far as running backs and, and all that stuff, right? I mean, w- we've seen that now. No, he is. But There's no there comes him. a point where taking a beating against an NFL team over years and years is going to wear on even a superhuman guy like Derrick Henry. So, yes. yeah, I mean, no, I was kind of with you today, like, let, let's, 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 you know, let him take it a little bit easy here um, and because you're going to need him. And I know Vrabel has scoffed at that, like, you know, I'm trying to win right. football games. I'm not worried about that, blah, blah, blah. But that has well, to be. Well, you won the game at half. You right. won the game at half. And, and here's the thing. Even if, you take this, even if you take the stance of, like, oh, he's, he's, he's out, he breaks the mold, he's superhuman, all this nonsense. Okay, well, at the very least, in a game like this, there, there, like, there's no denying there's a freshness factor. You know, if you know Derrick Henry off of a bye is going to be more fresh and, and effective than Derrick Henry on a short week. And so, if you have a game wrapped up, why in the world would you want to continue to run him when you can you can essentially get him out of here on a, a half day's work and have him, you know, that much more fresh and ready to go in the next game? That's just foolish. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I, uh, I I do get it. And, and again... No, you listen to me, Zach. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I just... Again, and I think there's still a piece of it, too, where let's see what Darrington Evans is. Darrington Evans is. Let's see what he can do. I mean, all, all that stuff I think is in play as well. I think Titans but, should hope he can stay healthy. Right, yeah. No, absolutely. But beyond that, I think he's got some capabilities, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. so... Anyway, I mean, I don't. I think we pretty much covered today's game. Um, I think there's so. Not a whole lot else, you know, that, that needs to be mentioned. It was it was fun. It was fun to see a complete performance from you know start to finish. Um, and even like you know the offense obviously didn't do anything in the second half. They didn't have to. The didn't need to. Playing 
keep the ball, you know, play keep away, like you said, Brett Kern can pin him down there whenever he needs to, and so, you know, why? But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it was really fun, and, again, not to get, you know, I, I try not to get too high or too low as, as we go throughout the season. Like, you know, there are people that were jumping ship after the first quarter of the Bills game, and, you know, obviously right. not that because we've seen – what this offense can be. We know the injuries and all that kind of stuff. Well, a lot but, of staff got fired at halftime last week. Right, yeah, absolutely. It seems to have worked, I guess. Yeah. I don't. And, and then again, like, you, you look at, I mean, Todd Downing, I, I think today was his best game, obviously. I, I think he's He reached his stride today, didn't each he? Week. It, it sure but, I mean, seems like it. To, this was the first game where we've seen a good opening drive. You know, and, oh, it and was know, it was such a stark difference. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, the script and all that. I mean, we can debate on how important that is and what that means and all that kind of stuff. I think there's right. something to it. But again, remember, Arthur Smith was a terrible offensive coordinator until Ryan Tannehill took over. So, right. I mean, you know, it, it, there's there's so many things at play that it, yes. it's hard to just look at the game and say, okay, this is this guy's fault because it's always it's always there's always more to it than just that. Right, but. You know, again, the arrow is obviously pointing up at this point. And, again, take care of business in the games you need to take care of. When, you know, half of the toss-up games that are left, and you're going to be in a really good spot. And, very good spot. you know, I think we've seen that these other teams in the AFC, that there are holes there. I mean, heck, the Bengals may be one of the best teams in the AFC. You know, I mean, it, it's hard to tell, and you just don't you don't know. They took the Ravens behind the shed today. Yeah. And that, was the, my, that was the worst part about the Titans game for me, is that I didn't get to see that, yeah. right? Uh, being at the game, following it, it's like, oh, they scored. An, oh, they scored another. T- oh, it's 42 to 17. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, absolutely. The Eagles so, are for real. Jamar Chase can catch balls. Yeah, wild how that works. Even when they don't have the white. He thing just on learned the, a couple months ago. Yeah, now he's ball. He's um, yeah, making the Ravens defense look like uh, Moliere and Curly out there bumping into each other. Yeah, and again, ball. that's another thing, like a lesson in small sample sizes, right? I mean, that was mm-hmm. the narrative coming into the year, and and he made the comment about the difference in the ball between college and the, and the NFL and whatever, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, he can't catch an NFL football. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. But I, you see these things in an NFL season, the, the ups and the downs and, and that kind of stuff. So that's why you caution, never get too high, never get too low, you know, unless you're a Jags fan or Texans fan <laughs> this year, right? But, um, you know. There is no just, low too low. Right. Just, just kind of take it as it comes. And, and I think, again, this team is starting to hit their stride, and they're starting to be who we thought they could be at the beginning of the year. So, take the Robert, Gre- the Robert Greenlaw approach, right? Right. The Titans, the Titans lost to the Jets, and it didn't change my opinion of them. And then they yeah. beat the Bills, and it did not change my opinion right. of them. Exactly. And that's that's kind of where you have to stay. It's hard. It's, it's they hard are, in fact, still the Titans. Yeah. And they will prove that they are still the Titans at some point again this season. I yeah. promise. Absolutely. So, anyway. I think that'll that'll do it for tonight's show. Um, All right. I really appreciate you jumping on with me, and hopefully we can make this a weekly thing. Um, I would love to. It's a lot of fun. I hope I hope people listen. I hope they enjoyed yeah. the discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Breaking down and again. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website to check out all this stuff. We will have plenty more analysis from this game there, and then you know as we start to look forward to the Colts game next week. So be sure and check that out again. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. You can follow Easton on Twitter at Easton Freeze, um, and at you know at Broadway Sports TN is the official Twitter of the site. So for Easton, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.